This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. It's Kelly and Ramia. You're hanging out with us after a uh, an accessible gaming chat we just had with Marcus McCracken and Brandon Cole about Forza Motorsports. And I'm telling you, Kels, this thing is just absolutely hitting the ceiling or breaking so, the roof. So you with the uh, you have someone in your world that plays it. I'm going to be playing it with right? them no, no, very soon. Yet. But I they have. Know that's the point. Okay, they, they have, have it, but you haven't and, yet. And they've not just been playing it. They're like very avid gamers, and so yeah. this is the most exciting thing that they've tried in a while, even with that context, right? Even with the context of nice. being big gamers and uh, being really techie people and just like keeping an so, ear out for these kind of things all the time. When you, when you, have you witnessed them playing this game yet? Not yet, no, but they do have okay. everything. I, they've uh, really lured I, me into the context. I really wonder about things when we talk about these games now, and again, not being a person who, I don't even really play any of the games on my iPhone. So I kind of get funny uh, wondering, do I have to have headset? Can I play this game particularly? Because mm. the sound I got. You play it with your Sonos you know, Arc. Yeah. That's what I want to know. Okay, <laughs> let's move on, folks. It's time for the roundtable. Let's bring on our guest and the weekly Thursday roundtable. Isn't it convenient that we have a roundtable? Well, it's actually oval. Just say yeah. it. The blind guy feels it now. Goes, <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, I guess it is oval. Kind of oval. Welcome, folks. We're going to have a lot of fun today because, well, because I have some sneaky things to bring up during the conversation in studio alongside Ramya for the roundtable where we have an open conversation on many topics that I select. Today, we welcome from our IT department, our uh, systems specialists over there, Leanne Brown, who does so many things. You hear us say, Leanne, whenever the word help, it's often followed by <laughs> Leanne. Help, Leanne. Uh, Leanne, welcome back. I'm doing great, Kel. How are you? Awesome. Glad to have you here. And you have had a real special week here, um, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Tuesday, you did a demonstration for all of us staff, uh, really summing up what's gone on to get these live shows into the circumstance we're in. We've got a new control room. Everybody's heard us talk about that here on the program. We've got to work with a, a bunch of new people to AMI. We took our show from being an audio-only show. We're simulcast now. We are we are heard on AMI-audio and, and watched on AMI-TV. But to do this, many things had to happen, uh, starting even a couple of years before our launch on January 9th, which is coming up for our one year being on here. Some of the things that you talked about were just amazing as we walked through so much, but I'm obviously not going to ask you to do that here now. But would love to know if you would talk a little bit about for the audience, especially nine, well, we're eight months in, uh, at our end anyway here, about some of the things that they may find interesting that you could uh, speak to about doing this process, whether it's unique to our show or you know, unique to now in the morning, uh, anything that comes to your mind that's an interesting little tell-all behind scenes for those who really like that stuff. Oh, boy. Um, well, it's certainly not the first studio build that I've been involved with in my years of broadcast engineering, but all of them have been radio studios. So to be involved in a project that was also TV-based was something entirely new for me, mm -hmm. especially when, I mean, not a lot of people know that audio for TV is different than just audio for audio. 
So mm -hmm. I learned a whole bunch of new things over the last year of, of being involved in the build with our third-party integrator that I never knew was a thing until it became a thing and started causing problems. So it's been yeah. quite a learning experience for me, too. Well, I have to say, and Ramya, please weigh in on this, because one of the things that has been Hard for us, I took broadcast radio, Rum did as well. So much of our team is used to, whether it be Matt Agnew, who um, d you know went and produced music and stuff like that, music production and so many things like that. Jeff Ryman, also studying media, uh, sports media. We are auditory people, more used to that. For us, it was a, a bit of a challenge. And Rum, uh, give Leanne a moment to kind of get her thoughts around what I'm kind of after here. You, I know, for yourself, kept saying, hey man, Where's our old sound? Because right. it is so different. It's different. Um, there's a lot more going on now, right? It's not just sound. You're now trying to get everything uh, to work seamlessly together, to cooperate. There's a bigger team because there are more elements that we need to worry about. Um, and it's still live, so there's that aspect of it, right? Not just uh, record a pod and then fix it in post. And yeah, Leanne, you've been having to not just learn uh, to deal with all these things, but to teach us what's going on as you learn it as well. So there's just moving parts every single day because it's a daily show. Absolutely. It's uh, the last year. I mean, going into um, next week, I think, would have been the week that the previous shows were on a hiatus week because yeah. we were then into rehearsal preparing for our January 9th launch. So. Yeah, it's, it's been a crazy learning process for everybody. And I mean, especially as I said in my presentation to the staff earlier this week, for you two in particular to transition from just an audio show to a TV show where you have to worry about what you're wearing, how mm. your makeup is, you've got, you know, where to look, where to look, yeah. listening to a script in your ear while you're also listening to intercom from the, the producers out in the production control room. It's just unbelievable, unbelievable what goes mm. into making a TV show. Yeah, it takes me back when we you say this time last year. It's like, yeah, this time last year was unreal. <laughs> yeah, it was. Why? Were you nervous? No, Rummy? just I couldn't even keep up with what the heck was going on because there was a lot. Sam, were you nervous? Were you um, nervous that we were like, just things were just going to go to pot? Um, yeah, there were a couple of days, I think, where everybody on the on the technical side of things was worried, were we actually going to have it all put together for the January 9th launch? Because it was at that point the decision had been made. It was January 9th, and that was it. So we had to be ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we remember having a discussion with everybody. Hey, is it possible? No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I... you didn't hear what I was going to say. It's still no. Yeah. And ahead, I, I do remember that uh, day one, January 9th, for both shows was a lot of, you know, breath holding and yes. hand holding and get through the first show, the morning show now with Dave Brown and heave a big sigh of relief. Okay, we got through that one pretty good for day one. Now we got to make it through the afternoon show. And I think everybody did great. Yeah, I remember that first few moments, um, and it was, I don't remember if it was tweeted out or just sent out through Teams or what, just that few seconds as we went to air and later on everybody and just the relief. And again, you know, you look at things and say, okay, th things went pretty good. Were we worried about nothing? Of course not. There's always things to think about. And as the year has gone on, Leanne, there's things that have presented themselves, I'm sure, as well. When you get that call, we're trying this now. Um, is there any one other unique thing? Uh, to what you've been asked to do here. Like you said, you've been in on other builds before, but was there anything else unique? I know we're not the first simulcast program, for example. Look at the gang over at Sportsnet. Um, I think for me, the other unique thing would have been, you know, transitioning from 
when these shows began that your show here was a simulcast show on both TV and AMI audio, and now we've rejigged things a little bit, and now we're sending uh, you guys are back to just an audio show. Meanwhile, the morning show has shifted to TV, but the mm. online stream as well. So yeah, there are always moving parts, always things changing in the background, and we just do the best that we can to, to make things work as the needs shift. And we're looking forward to the day that we're available on AMI Plus as that, as that site unfolds and so many things you guys are trying to do to work and, and make all the programming available in so many ways to people. Leanne, thank you. Uh, okay, I'll get off that subject now and let's move into Cineplex where the word is that November brought box office revenues of $35 million as Canadians came out to watch the likes of The Marbles and the latest Hunger Games movie. The Toronto-based company says the results compared with box office revenues of $52 million during the same month in 2019 and were slightly lower than October's numbers. Cineplex says lower business volumes are expected in the near future due to the impacts of the Hollywood strikes. The company also announced it's entered into a credit facility extension with its lenders and that strong second and third quarter results have allowed it to pay down roughly $55 million as a result. Lisa Laporte, The Canadian Press, Toronto. So, Ramya, how does this impact you in the way of movies? Are you dying to get into a theater or are you quite fine with things the way they are? Oh, and if so, no. why, why wouldn't you be? What, what, uh, what do you like about what you have now? This question, I think, would come across differently for someone who was a movie buff to begin with, who was a theater buff, just wanted to go out to watch movies. That was part of that big experience. I don't even want to generalize and say it's a generational thing, but for me, I am so comfortable at home. I am so prepped for uh, staying at home and watching movies, and it's just because I've always been that way. Like, I've always loved my sound bar, loved my uh, at-home experiences, optimized it for myself, that home theater vibe, that I didn't miss it when it happened. Whereas some people on the other side of the spectrum, um, I think of Dave Brown immediately because, you know, every day almost he was talking about missing the theaters, missing going out, missing that experience of just things are released, things hit the theaters, and trying to grab a ticket for your favorite movie, your favorite people... Uh, coming out, right? The anticipation, whereas it's just never been part of my equation. Leanne, have you noticed that line? I don't know what age it might be because I do think it is more of a generational thing for so many people who may not run out and, and get a soundbar quite yet or their use of it's a bit different or their willingness to spend. I mean, as an audio person, I'll spend money to get that wonderful sound, plus I'm somewhat semi-antisocial. But the point is... I come from that era going and sitting in a theater and having the big bang and the sound mm. of it um, versus somebody who's grown up with that power, the power bar, uh, sound bar and so on. Uh, well, I'm more on the side of Ramya as well. I can't even remember the last movie that I went to. It's been that long. And I also have some sensory issues going on. So being in a the theater with that loud, mm. I can't modulate what the volume is that's coming at me is a little bit difficult for me to deal with. So I tend to stay more at home again, like Rami, where I can have control over the sound and how I experience things compared to being stuck in a theater with it all just blaring around me and wanting yeah. me to curl up under the seat and just wait for it to be over. So 
And also content-wise, like, we're now so used to streaming everything, Leanne. Like, yes. so much of our actual watching experience is available through the apps and through our smart devices and just at home, period. So now you almost have to, like, drag yourself out to uh, to think of that experience, like a watching movie or watching something experience as social. Like, there's got to be other factors that you enjoy to make the theater experience more beneficial than just, like, this content is only available in theaters. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think, I mean, if somebody asked me to go to the theater, I would go. Yeah. But to go there on my own or just to suggest it to somebody, no, why, why do I want to go out and people like that when you're an <laughs> introvert? No, I'm sorry. I'd rather sit at home <laughs> on my couch yeah. under my blanket and be able to pause things, get up, move around, and not have to worry about bothering other people. Oh, yeah. yeah it's That's just, a fair point, too, just sitting there for uh, an hour and a half plus. Yeah. At movies. And, and to me, the sound that you have at home or could have, even if you don't have to go out and spend thousands to have good sound with these movies. But it does argue, bring the question up as we talk about them bringing out VIP and things like that for people. You want to drink, you want to eat, you know, it, all the things you yeah. can do at home. But if you add up all the money one would spend, and some people really enjoy, as you mentioned, Dave, going to X number of movies a month. But then you start saying... Well, hold on, I got to own all these different services if I'm going to do that. But, you know, you could pay for a month for just two services and still not equal what it costs you to go out to that movie. Huh. And even to eat yeah. and yeah. everything like that when you really think about it. And if you're a person that does one movie a week, you, blow, you can own BritBox and everything else that's out there available to you and see all these things. Eh, you may have to wait. Or even if you order the movie through Rogers or whatever, yeah, you got it. Um, in a year where artificial intelligence has created plenty of buzz, the co-founder of one of Canada's biggest companies in the sector says it's all about the simple uses of AI. Nick Frost of Toronto-based AI company Cohere says he gets most excited about AI uses that other people would think are boring, like using AI to extract information from resumes. Frost says he tries to focus on what the technology can do today and in the future, but not get lost in what he calls the distant sci-fi. While many like Frost are trying to be realistic about AI, others say it could lead to the demise of humanity. Though the future of AI is still uncertain, most people agree that the technology will disrupt every sector. Michelle Zedekian, The Canadian Press. Now, before the demise of humanity, Leanne, where are you <laughs> seeing it used in the areas of audio or in your field? I don't think that I'm seeing it for audio specifically. I know that some members on our tech services team here are big into the, the interest value of AI. I'm, again, one of those people. I'm more on the, I think it's, has some value and it can be a good tool for some things, but if we're not careful with it, I'm worried about the taking over humanity part of it. For myself, I really haven't dug that much into it. I'm really not that interested at this point. I'd rather do my own research. I'd rather learn my own things instead of have some bot pull information for me. Even with okay, troubleshooting and such and diagnosing, like I would think that that's where AI would be most helpful. Like um, extrapolate the data that's already out there and being able to find patterns and solutions. Um, I never thought about that, and that's actually a really good case study for it. But honestly, I would I, at this point anyway, if there's a problem happening, I would rather throw myself into it right. and try and figure it out for myself before I go searching for someone to solve the problem for me. Yeah. I learn better mm -hmm. that way. Yeah.
And I feel I like that's part of a trust and issue. And an, an observational thing, too. Yeah, sorry, Ram, go ahead. So finish that thought, please. Yeah, that, that that's what I'm thinking. Like, a lot of what we're experiencing right now in terms of opinion about AI, like this concept of yay or nay, it comes from, do we trust it or do we not? Would we rather our own brains or what we think AI is doing? And I think that's very fair to have this question mark because uh, we know how much bias AI has still, right? Like, we're dealing with yeah. AI biases as a whole category of itself. And I think no matter what, we use it, we may not even really necessarily recognize yet as things get developed and equipment and testing means of testing stuff starts to happen. For sure, I think you're going to see it there, hopefully subtly enough, so that we can make our shifts, that we can trust, because we all know that it's, it's got to prove itself that we can trust something. And yeah. can we trust something 100%? Not necessarily ever. Leanne, thank you so much for being with us on the program here. Oh, thanks for having me again. I had fun. We'll do this again next year. I appreciate it, and thank you. And uh, again, wonderful, wonderful discussion earlier in the week that uh, we all learned a lot from. Uh, Leanne Brown from our IT department. We we'll always love having her on the program. Ramya and I will step... Oh. Thank you. Thank you. See, the uh, IT... The uh, IT... The... Uh, AI? AI is starting to happen here. Right? You I see. Run it on me it's here. taking over yeah, your brain, huh? Autopilot, yeah. autopilot. Yeah, exactly. That's a whole different thing. We're going to take a break. Uh, stick around. We are wrapping up the show, but we still got a couple more things we got to handle, including telling you what's coming up on the Friday edition of Now with Dave Brown on AMI TV. Be right back. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts. 